Hello and welcome to the Dreamviews Live podcast. This is episode number nine. I am your host, Dale Marek, a music photographer from Southern California. Today I bring to you guys the second half of my interview with uh, Ryan and Amir of Julian K. If you haven't heard last week's episode in part one, I encourage you to go back and listen to that before listening to this one. Before we get started on part two of the interview, though, um, here's a song off the Death to Analog album, the crowd favorite, Kick the Bass. success look like for Julian Kay? That is a very interesting It's, it's really funny because I ask myself that all the time because I'm uh-huh. like, what, what is it that... You know <laughs> no, I don't. Honestly, I don't know because like in some ways, you know, obviously we have had the kind of success that a lot of people would dream about having. Of course, some of that can turn into a nightmare, which it did, yeah. unfortunately, okay. you know, because... Honestly, it shouldn't have been that way, but it, that's what happens. Um, I mean, we've had other types of nightmares. I mean, our, our best friend, you know, what happened to him. I mean, that's, that's like the worst nightmare you could ever have. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's tough, you know. And then now when I think, I think about, like, what, what's successful to me. I mean, of course, there's always all the, uh, you know, the usual stuff that you would think. But it, it is different now. You know, it's like you don't really have this goal of like, oh, I want to get a gold record or whatever. Yeah. Get on the yeah. get on the radio. It's like, yeah, I don't know now. You know, like that stuff, you know, it still exists for pop bands for the most part. You know, few pop artists, pop bands or whatever, the, or whatever the latest, you know, Coachella breakout band is that mm-hmm. you're going to hear about for a year and then you won't hear anything about them again ever probably. Um, I think there's more important successes than than necessarily that. You know, I think overall, I think what we're building is a success. Um, we're still struggling, and I think 
I think everybody knows that. I mean, it's not easy what we're doing, you know, going down this path where, you know, we're really doing really all of this ourselves. Um, and we've had some really cool successes. And of course we've had failures and we still have failures, but that's the only way you're going to learn. And when you're going, when you're going a new way, that's sort of, you know, against in some ways against the grain of what most people probably know. Um, in the music business, it's it's pretty tough, but I feel like I'm I am seeing <coughs> levels of success and things that are happening for us, which is really awesome. But the end goal, like obviously, would be to be in a more stable situation where maybe we could have some help, um, and yet be able to really just continue doing what we're doing, how how we like to do it, and making people happy, making ourselves happy, um, and being able to support ourselves in a way where, you know, I don't need to be a billionaire, you know, but I mean, to have the kind of money that we can take time off and do stuff with our family or, um, you know, help people (laughs) as well. And besides ourselves, you know, uh, not just surviving, but like actually getting to another level of being able to enjoy it a lot more. Um, I feel like a lot of it has been so backwards over the years because there were, you know, in the earlier days we had so much quick success and we were so taken care of. Right. And it's just like, man, I kind of wish I had that now. I think I would have rather dealt with all this then, but you know, it's like, it is what it is. So, um, well, I will say that you can, you, you can, guys can take a success from, with your fan base, though, because you do have a good core of fans that are stick with you all the time. No, that's what I'm saying. I feel so like we have created some really cool success. I mm-hmm. think overall, we just kind of want it to grow a bit. You know, sure. it's not, we don't need to be necessarily Linkin Park status or whatever. I mean, cool. If it happens, great. But I don't think any of us are, you know, we're not delusional about like what the reality of it is. I mean, of course, anything can happen in this world we know that you know it could take one song and then you know it could blow up in a big way almost way too big way sometimes you know where it gets it's just crazy you know but i think it would be nice to get to a certain level and grow it and 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 keep connecting with people and i think that that's for me would be the you know i don't really have some grand scheme or some like you know, super dream at this point, because I feel like there's been so many of those dreams I've already had, you know, like I've, I've been there. So, and part of that scares me, I think that I don't want to get there and then just have it all fall apart again. (laughs) You know, it's like, but it's just scary to me. It's hard when you've already done TRL with 3000 screaming fans holding up pictures of you in Times Square in New York it like for me success there there isn't really an end game for me it's measurable constant sustained forward momentum that for for me with this band it's it's moving forward in a notable and measurable way where we both feel like okay whatever we just did it was better than the last time and that can be different things. It could be like a tour that was really, really hard because we're traveling in difficult ways and all this kind of stuff. But but we ran our business better and we got a lot of new fans. It can be 
um, I'd say for Harmonic Disruptor, it would be that we, these eight, nine, maybe 10, whatever, how many songs are going to be on it are so good that we both look at ourselves and we go, we fucking did a great record. <laughs> and we know that next year when we do a tour or two, because we're lucky as an indie band to get to do two tours in, in one year even. It's a big deal for us. There was five years that we couldn't tour. We couldn't figure out how. So all these little successes and moving forward, for me, make me feel great. And part of that is, of course, um, now we have no label, we have no management, we have, I mean, we have management, we have Jordan, we have, you know, but we, we really, day to day, we run this business completely. You know, we're, we're creating financial projections ourselves every day, doing the accounting every day, figuring out how we can, how much this is going to make, what, what's going to happen. But at the end of the day, actually having a net profit every month that we can continue to do what we do with some no bills. help, with no help. Yeah, I mean, imagine that, right? Imagine that, yeah. Be able to do music and, and actually at least pay your bills. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I know it's a big deal. I know for it's a lot a of deal. bands, that's like, it's not possible. Yeah. You know, so we're super grateful. Mm-hmm. Um, imagine what you could do if you had more time to write and do different things. And that gets into what he said. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, but, but it still sticks with what I said in terms of what I consider a success constant forward momentum that is measurable that we both notice. So at some point, if we could partner up with someone in some way that makes our day-to-day lives, maybe we don't have to handle, you know, for example, this trip to Italy, you know, we basically personally managed the entire thing, you know, um, um, and it was very, very, very difficult because you're dealing with a foreign country and a foreign entity and all this kind of stuff. And well, it was a language barrier for one. I mean, they speak English, but you know, it's, I think, I think, it's difficult. I think we've dealt with 10,000 emails for one show. So on top of that, we have 50 more shows this year by the end of the end of fourth quarter. You know, we have 50 more shows. Um, we haven't spent one fucking minute on Harmonic Disruptor, the album. So I would really like to spend some time on Harmonic Disruptor, the album. I'd like to have like five days where Amir and I are like, okay, what are you doing tomorrow at 11 a.m.? You know, okay, cool. Let's get together. Yeah, we're just we, we've jugglers. got some people. Well, that's the thing with it. You can't just do it. You have to do it when it feels right too, don't you? You can't just... That's a luxury. Yeah. That's a luxury. I mean, yes, yes, <laughs> That's yes, a luxury. No, not really. I mean, yeah. at this point, I can get in and do it. Yeah, at this point, I can. You could tell me to go in there right now. Mm-hmm. I, I'll write you a song. I mean, it's. I'll write you. I'm a not song saying it's right going to be the yeah. best song you've ever heard, but I, yeah. you know, we're at the point where we we can just go in and make stuff happen. Yeah. We have to we dance, don't. motherfucker. We, we can don't, do it. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> We don't really mess around with all that kind of stuff. Yeah. We don't like, let our we let our egos and our insecurities and our emotions. Of course, all that ha- it comes into play. Oh, into play, of course. And sometimes but, you don't feel like working, but yeah. sometimes working then makes you, you know, once you get over the hump of like, ah, kind of not into this, but then something happens and you're like, oh, this is kind of cool, all right. And then before you know it, ten hours has gone by, and you're like, oh wow. <laughs> I didn't think that was going to happen, and it totally did. So we are in no position to self-indulgently yeah. and selfishly act like a bunch of fucking assholes. You know, it's like we get a chance to be together and work. Yeah, we're going to get in we there. Make, we're going to we do some fucking work that. together. Yeah, you know, and I all I have to do is open up my phone, and I have 129 
ideas for harmonic disruptor. Right. Amir, I'm sure, has about 20 or 30, you know, weird sounds or chord progressions that are really, really cool. I can sing over any one of them and we could write a song to any one of my voice mellows, you know what I mean? So it's like, there's no, if anything, we have a glut of material. And then we also have and the no other time. guys now. Yeah. You know, we've got other can people, write. Yeah. you know, I mean, we, you know, uh, Biddy, Alex, whatever, like, you know, those guys write songs too, and they come in with ideas and some of those are going to be on the album. So it's not like we have a shortage of ideas yeah. or anything, you know. And you just need time. It's just, yeah, <laughs> we have every, all of our time is so focused and dedicated that it's like, okay, well, we're working on music this week. You guys better be here and we're going to get, this is what we're going to get done this week. I need these vocals done. I need, you know, and it gets done. I would say that that's probably <laughs> our biggest obstacle in Julian K right now is we're, we, we have been successful in our strategy and our execution has been good. Now I'm, I'm talking like a guy who owns businesses. Um, and we are now reaching a bandwidth issue. Yeah, we are. So, sure. um, it's getting we're, tough. it's getting tough. <laughs> we're getting, we're getting shredded, you know, because the thing is Amir and I could probably manage a band really well. We could maybe even be a booking agent. We could do all, all these, all these different hats we wear. By the way, we have a booking agent. We have, you know, management in some capacities and everything. So I'm not, I'm not detracting from that because these people, which lend. is new for us, but yeah, I mean, this has only happened in the last year or yeah. so that we've actually had the ability, you know, to have someone yes. else come in. Yes. That Other than starting, that, we were yeah. doing it all. Yeah. Right. But, but now it's gone to another level. Yeah. Because now it's like, okay, well, they're dealing with that, but then they put this all on our table, and now we have to figure out how, how is this going to work, yeah. which we haven't dealt with on our own ever yeah. until now. So Unfortunately, we're, 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 we're at a point right now where we're getting, you know, we have a huge opportunity, Jonathan Davis, the birthday massacre, you know, full circle for us with Jonathan. I mean, a 30-fucking-year friend of mine, my first lead singer. You know, who is bringing us, you know, back out on tour. They brought Orgy on tour, signed Orgy. So Corn is, and Jonathan are instrumental people in our lives. And here we are back around, you know, you know, 20 years later for Orgy. But for Julian K, you know, 10 years later, we're getting this great opportunity. And um, if we were on a record label, they would have us in the studio right now cranking a single out. Oh, yeah. Well, you think we can do that? Fuck no. Yeah, make so, a video, make so, a single, go to radio, go, you know. Yeah, but, you're missing out on a big opportunity. Yeah, we are missing out on a big opportunity. Yeah, we're going to miss it. Yeah. So our management, you know, um, um, and again, it's a, it's a one-man shop kind of, it's a smaller thing, you know, and he's like, guys, uh, uh, get get a single, go to radio, da-da-da, and, and we're like, okay, radio can cost $3,000 a week. Wow. You know, I mean, that that's, that's what a major label would do. You'd go with a radio promo company. Well, we're doing something like it with with one of our existing singles, but we're not in an we're not in a state or where we can rush an album cycle. We can't just go. Fuck! An opportunity came. Okay, well, the album could have been done yeah, already. Let's move into Harmonic Disruptor yeah. in California Noir. You are now done. No, we're still in California Noir album cycle. So that's what we're playing, what we're doing, because JKHD is not done yet. We just did a crowdfunding campaign for it. So we are really on the verge where you know you start looking at a, maybe a label co-op or something, and that. That might be helpful. But it's, <laughs> you know? like, it's like earlier when you were asking us, like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this thing, and, and I kind of had to shut it down, right? 
But that's because... We don't want to shut it down. No, we don't want to not do it. But there's a certain point now where we're starting to realize, like, we actually have to start turning stuff down. And we're going to have to start turning stuff down to get the record done now. Right. Because even if stuff, you know, of course, if some crazy thing happens, you know, maybe, but... At, you know, at some point, we got to get back to focusing on the record and get this thing done, right? We can't just keep playing and playing unless, of course, something crazy happens and it makes total sense, right? Which does happen. Which does happen. But at that point, I think we're really going to need some help because I just don't think it's we can manage it anymore. So we do have to now, you know, a lot of times I, I hate being that guy where I just I have to say no. You know, whatever it is, it's like, I, we can't do it. I'm sorry. You, you don't know. There's just, we're so overwhelmed with all of this other stuff. And there's already things that we don't know about that are going to happen. Yep. And we have to leave a little bit of room here yep. to make sure that we can handle those things that we know are, that we, we know are going to happen, but we don't know what they are yet because it always happens. Right. So it's gotten to the point now where it's getting, it's getting a bit tricky to manage, you know? even with some help, you know, we will, I think for me, I think we, we will need to kind of regroup as we move forward on the new record and touring and everything next year and kind of figure out like, is there a better way to do this? And, you know, can someone help us? Maybe someone will, <laughs> you know, something could happen obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, but we've learned a lot now. I mean, we've done two tours on our own. We're getting ready to do another one. And I think we'll have a lot of, you know, I think we're going to know a lot after sure. that, you know, and that was something that, you know, we didn't have the ability. I really pushed it off onto Ryan because I said, look, I'm, I, I, I can only do these things well. These are the things that I'm going to focus on, you know, whether it's the production, the recording, the mixing, um, you know, I'm pretty much doing all the merch stuff, you know, handling a lot of that. Food does a lot of stuff with me as well. There's a lot of technical stuff. There's a lot of background work that no one knows about that food does. That is like, we couldn't operate without it. Nope. And food nope. is like, he's, he's a big deal. Even though you don't see him, you know, he hasn't been able to tour with us and whatever. Besides his musical contributions and, you know, when we, when we get together, there's a whole lot of other stuff that goes on behind the scenes technically that we couldn't do this without him. Period. Absolutely. And so I was kind of at a point, Foo's pretty much at a point. And, and Ryan, you know, he does a lot of stuff too. He's, he brings a lot of opportunities to the table. He's a songwriter. He's, you know, he, he's, he's another big piece of the pie. But I said, look, you know, he wanted to play, he wanted to tour. And I said, well, I can't do that. I, I just don't have the bandwidth to be able to get that done properly and so we you know we had a talk about it and i said you've got to make that happen and he's been making it happen and with all these you know great opportunities have come through relationships that we've had and luckily you know our band but not just our band but as people as our friends we would not get these opportunities if we did not you know if we if we had burned bridges with sure with all these people. I mean, the birthday massacre we toured with years ago, we've been friends with those guys for years. They're helping us on this tour as well. You know, they're doing a lot of stuff. We're working together on a lot of things and you just don't get that. You know, if you, if you're an asshole, it's right. that simple, you know? And 
where we get a lot of stuff because of relationships with people, you know, and Ryan is really great at that. Um, and he's done a great job. We've, you know, we are, that was the final, what we were calling the final the frontier. Final piece, yeah. You know, it's kind of because, all right, we've, we've now figured out a way where we can make records and sell them and people will pay money to, <sighs> to help us make records, you know, but we we're not, couldn't tour. No, we're not, we're not, we're not getting rich. Right. But, but we can do this now and, and everyone is helping us do this and it's, it's becoming like a real thing, which we're really grateful for. And so the touring thing was, was the next and final frontier. And we figured out, you know, figured like, okay, well, we've got to figure out how we're going to do this, you know, and that's where some of these other things actually that I wanted to kind of briefly touch on. Um, with the fans and, you know, the fact that, you know, the merch, the VIP, the VIP is actually really, really, really important for us because without, well, there's three components, right? You have the show, which, you know, we get paid, but it's, it's not crazy money or anything. Premium revenue streams. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's the merch, right? There's, there's the three merch. Columns. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There's the merch and then there's the VIP, which is, you know, kind of part of that, right? But you take away any one of those components. We're dead. We're dead. Dead. The tour doesn't happen. Yep. Seriously, it's that simple. Gone. So if we don't, if we don't, you know, each one of those three things has to fall in the, in the right column. In the, in the projected amount. Yeah. Or we're dead. So, you know, one of the things when we started doing this is, you know, the whole, we knew we were going to have to do VIP and, you know, we kind of experimented with it and. But again, we wanted, it's like, well, what could we do that would be different? You know, and, and I was thinking about it and I've always had this military fascination. So came up with this idea to, to do VIP medals, like these tour of duty, like so that every tour that we do, you get this thing. And then, you know, as time goes on, you can show like, these are all the tours. Yeah. These are all the shows I participated in, right? And it's like, so it's now, again, another way where we can interact with everybody. And, and it's fun because people like to collect things. I like to collect things. I'm sure you do, too. I mean, everybody has sure, something. something that they like to collect, right? And so, again, it's all these things of figuring out how can we do this, you know, maybe better or different or whatever. Because we want people to be excited about it. We want to be able to do shows and we want to be able to play because, of, you know, you, you do need to connect. You, need to, you do need to physically get into a place with people and, and, you know, make it real for them. And, you know, the music's one thing. And, of course, you can love the records and all that. But, you know, people love to go to a show. People like you, you can't really take that away yet. Right. You know, the digital world hasn't really destroyed that part of it yet. People still like to go to a show and interact with other people. And maybe eventually that will go away. Hopefully Who knows? Not. But I don't think so. Mm-hmm. You know, um, people still go to movies, you know, right? yeah. I mean, they still like to see movies too, which is surprising. I could easily have gone away. It's just more selective now, I guess. Like yeah. I, I only go for special things now. So, you know, we've been, we've been trying to figure figure that out and you know little by little it's it's hard it's really hard and ryan has to deal with a lot of stuff because that's more in his plate um a lot of it you know it does bounce back and forth there's certain things that we each you know sometimes we have to deal with stuff but the other thing i was going to say and i one thing i wanted to talk about and we'll probably talk about this on one of our chats our next chats is that one of the things the fans could do that would really help us 
because we aren't a huge band is that, you know, a lot of people, it's like we put, this happens with every band. You post up the tour dates and what happens, right? You've got like two people jumping up and down and then you've got like 30, you know, 3,000 people. God, how come you're not coming here? How come you're not coming here? (laughs) And it's like, you know, we're always laughing because we're like, look, we just drove 13,000 miles on this last tour, (laughs) right? To get to you. (laughs) And, you know, why don't you take a look and just see, you know, hey, if something's close to you, you know, we're just asking. Maybe just meet us 0.09% yeah. of the way. Meet, meet us, yeah, meet us somewhere along the way. Just try. I know it's not always easy for people. I totally get it. Sure. You know, it's like if you live in Montana and we're playing in Tampa, you know, I, I get it, <laughs> you know, but hey, if we're going through somewhere nearby, maybe you might want to just, I know it's a little more effort, but hey, we just drove the entire country to see what we, you know, we don't have a choice in a lot of this stuff too. A lot of the times it's, it's what's presented to us. We're not Lincoln park. We can't go, well, we don't want to play there right. or we want to play here. It's basically, this is what we got for you. Right. <laughs> right? It's not work. like we, we almost have no decision in it at all. Really. It's kind of like, None. yeah, I mean, we get presented None. with these dates and then you get all these people who are disappointed that you're not coming to their town and maybe you're only a hundred miles away or maybe you're 200 or 300 or whatever it is, you know? And it's like, what, I don't know what to tell you. You know, it's like, we we're doing our best here, you know, please, if you can, if you can take the day off, come see us, you know, come support us because the only way we're actually going to ever get to your town is if this gets a little bit bigger and everybody supports us. Right. So, I just kind of want to see if there's a way where we can get people to start thinking differently about how, how this all works. Because honestly, it's always, and I see this for every band, it's usually more complaints <laughs> that they're not at their city and, you know, some happy people that, oh, you're hitting my town. And it's kind of like, yeah, it's just, I don't think they realize how hard it is to do this and how hard it is to, we would love to hit every town, sure. but it's not possible. You know, and, and we might not be there for years. You know, we might, you know, it's like this tour, we're hitting Italy and London. We wanted to play Germany. We wanted to go play all these other, we couldn't, we just don't have the ability at this point to make that happen. <coughs> so please come see us in London. Please come see us in Milan. If you can, you know, flights are cheap over there. They're like, I mean, you can get a flight for like 60 bucks, you know, in that. Or a train. Or a train or yeah. whatever, you know. Yeah. I understand if you're working and, you know, you just, obviously there's many reasons why people can't, you know, it's not convenient or whatever, but if people knew how much effort went in for us to get over there (laughs) to begin with, you know, it's not easy for us, you know, so thousand emails. Yeah. I mean, it's like (laughs) just another song title, just like the whole music, the whole music part of the business. I think people in the touring part of it, they need to start thinking differently and understand this isn't the eighties anymore. Where right. you know, it's like you actually have to make an effort to, if you like, if you like us enough, you know, I'm sure there's different levels of like, some people are like, Hey, they'll fly all the way over from Europe to come see us play a DTA show. It happens. 
We had people coming from South Africa. I mean, you know. Mexico. I mean, wh- all yeah, over. Whatever. So, I mean, there's different levels, and I get it, you know. But, hey, if we're at least somewhere relatively close to you, please come see us. Because, you know what? It's it in the long run. makes a huge difference. makes a huge difference for us. And in the long run, it may help us actually get somewhere, right? And, it, and in a sense, it is. Because we're actually going to hit some places right now that we haven't played like Montana, I know I keep bringing this up, but I mean, it's not easy to get to Montana nope. on any tour, nope. Nope. but we're going to hit it on the JD tour. And I don't nope. think we've done that since what, Evanescence? Yeah. I think that we played, yeah. the, I mean, that's probably the last time we played there. So, but the things leading up to where we got this, it wouldn't happen, right? Without all the help of everybody buying the VIPs, the merch, and us getting these shows where people are now taking some recognition of what we're doing. And now, guess what? We're coming to Montana. We're going to Idaho with, with John, you know, because he's big enough that he can, he can get out there. But at the same time, he's taking us with him. And now, guess what? We're getting there, right? Yeah. So it all helps. And I just, I just want to kind of put the, the, the thought out there to everybody that... And, and, and mind you... We have a lot of fans that go way out of their way to come see us. So I'm not saying that doesn't happen. You know, I mean, even you travel, you've come seen us in a lot of different places. And we even talked about you coming out. I don't remember where it was, but coming out. And I, and I know you would, you know, and then there's, we have a lot of fans that come to a lot of shows and really support us. And you guys know who you are. I don't need to name names, but, (laughs) um, there are a lot of regulars and we really, you know, are really grateful for that. But there's, you know, there's some people on the outside and I think we need to, we need to pull it, pull them all in so that they understand that like, look, you know, we might get here this year. We might not, we might not see you for, we might not even tour next year. We don't know. We never know until we get there. You know, it's like, so if there's an opportunity, we're just asking, you know, mm-hmm. please try to come see us now yeah. because step on it while you can. Yeah, because we never know. <laughs> you know, it's it's we're not at that, you know, Lincoln Park level yet to where it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna tour every year and we're gonna play all these places and everything. You know, it's like we're just not there. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you mean you said it yourself that you can't please everybody because. No, of course not. Because and before people would say, oh, when are you going to go on tour? When are you going to go on tour? And then when and you, then go, you on go on tour, tour like, and they're you're complaining. Not to my town. Exactly. <laughs> and that, that's, that's my point. And, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be like, oh, blah, blah, whatever. It's like, <laughs> but, just do your best and that's all you can hope for. So. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what we're doing. We're doing our best to try and get to everybody as best we can, but it sure. doesn't always happen. So. So speaking of the fans, what's the craziest thing that anybody's ever screamed out at you on stage? <laughs> mm-hmm. the craziest thing? I, mean, I don't know. I don't think I've ever noted that. Yeah. I mean, because people said insane shit and done insane shit. Well, I, I wear earplugs, so I probably wouldn't even hear anybody. Yeah, I have, I have, <laughs> I have in-ear monitors, so I, I don't really you're hear right here. You're, yeah. you're, you're a little bit disconnected from, from that stuff, you know. Most of the time, people are pretty cool. I mean, I, I don't really even remember anything derogatory or weird. Or Most of the time, people are just, you know, yell our names or, huh. or they're, you know, I don't know. Uh, our, fans are, our fans are cool. Our fans I mean, are really cool, actually. Yeah. 
I mean, definitely an orgy when we were playing to a much, much larger, you know, you're, you're in a multi-platinum situation and you're playing thousands of people, thousands and thousands of people a night, or you're playing like shows that the death tones are on and Papa Roach and Orgy and Moby and like just, we, you know, weird crowds of people. I mean, I'm sure some people said some fucking weird shit. I think getting called faggots would be the number one uh, attempted insult. If it bothered us at all, right. <laughs> it doesn't doesn't bother yeah, us. Doesn't bother us at all. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> in fact, I would say yeah. It's like but it have to be uh, negative. Just whatever. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know. I, I haven't really noticed anything. That's okay. Yeah. So, all right. So outside of music, what do you do to rejuvenate your creativity? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Um, you might say wine right now. Well, I'm an alcoholic, so I I I, I drink to cope. I drink to deal with all of it. So um, I don't have a whole lot of rejuvenation inside of me. I haven't figured that out yet. I don't I don't enjoy a lot of things. I don't I don't I don't like a lot of things. I I guess I'm I'm super focused on that perpetual. Are we moving forward? Are we moving forward? Are we moving forward? Yeah. Is it measurable? Does everyone notice in the band? Are we feeling like at the end of this last tour, we actually, you know, I'm not going to tell everyone what they were, but there's some stuff we accomplished where I was kind of like, that was a little better than the tour before. It was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I like that. That that makes me happy. Um, I came home and pretty much uh, ate utter shit because I am the type of dog that needs a bone. You know, so I, I need to have a big project or something to do and focus on. Um, and I have restaurants here and responsibilities and all that kind of crap, but there's something very military about touring, doing the music, all this kind of stuff that for me, for some reason I like, you know, so, um, I don't, you know, rejuvenation. I had a really nice date with my girlfriend, um, the other day. It was uh, on accident. I read I read the Five Languages of Love, which was a really good book. I, I almost want to require the band to read that. It's almost as good, it's, it's as good as Extreme Ownership, but um, I I tried to do something you know for her that was really 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 that, that hit her at the right level, and I had a fucking great day, and that was that was nice. Yeah. But those days are like searching through a fucking garbage bin. You know, I really like to move forward. I like forward momentum. I like our businesses to move forward. I like to work on new songs. I like to have the, 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 the pipeline filled with cool opportunities coming up. And I would say the only thing that, that cause our, our pipeline is full, but as we have, as we have, uh, as we have referred to, and, and this might just be my only, my problem cause I'm crazy. Um, we are at a, we are at a lack of management level of insanity, you know? So we're, we're going to normally, I'd be like fucking Italy, fucking London, fucking us with Jonathan, Mexico. I love the sound of that, but for some reason I'm mentally unraveling. So I, I, I don't know, you know, I don't know what I do to rejuvenate. I don't know what day spa I go to. I don't know what it is. You know, I don't know what it is. I worked out this morning. I fucking did some stuff. I do jujitsu. I do all sorts of stuff. And sometimes that really helps. But, um, fuck man, I'm, I'm, I'm probably, 
probably pretty messy right now as a human. Can you uh, can you ask the question again? And you can always edit it out if you want. Just I'm sorry that your your question just so I can answer. Oh yeah, no. Basically, um, outside of music, what do you do to rejuvenate your creativity? So for somebody like you, you like to go to record stores and uh, look for vinyls, different things. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah. Well, you you said outside of music though. Yeah, that's true. It's hard. It, it's kind <laughs> of yeah. It's kind of hard for me to remove that aspect. I think because. <laughs> Technically, you know, even before I was in music, I was into electronics. So there's, there's, there's that, you know, there's always this sort of technical thing that sort of inspires me, whatever that might be, you know, there's gadgets and, um, you know, maybe even somewhat computers and just the, the world, you know, and things that are going on. Um, obviously life outside of music, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but I'd say probably the most influential thing for me has always been art, whether it be, I'm a very visual person, so, you know, movies can have a, a big effect on me and, and sort of give me, you know, an escape as well as inspiration. Um, art in general, going to museums. I like architecture and um, that that's always been, I think, the traveling part of it for me is being, you know, in a new place and sort of that kind of thing can definitely mm. um, rejuvenate and inspire me um, all at the same time, you know, being in a place that I've never been and then seeing things that I've never seen or eating things that I've never eaten before. I mean, right. food, I don't think food influences my music, but I think it's... All a, the above, I like that. Yeah. It's, a, <laughs> yeah. it, it's a rejuvenate, you know, rejuvenator, sure. you know, experiencing new food and places and people. Mm -hmm. uh, people, I think, is an important thing, but, of course, life is going to influence and rejuvenate my art that I do. Um, so... You know, of course, Chester leaving us is definitely going to be a big influence on what we're doing. That's undeniable. Um, but, you know, it's funny. I mean, we, you know, Ryan goes to Palm Springs, and that's where the whole Palm Springs reset came from. But, like, Marissa and I like to go to San Diego. We have our San Diego reset where we just, like, go away, and it's like we're not going to deal with anything going on just to get away and have fun, whether it's, you know, going to the beach or going shopping or going to a museum or going to Old Town San Diego or, you know, Hillcrest to buy records, you know, uh, at one of our favorite record shops where we can, it's just an escape, right? But at the same time, you know, like I might find a record and go, hmm, this is kind of interesting, and that might inspire. You always come up with a new song, right? Like, you just never know what you're yeah. finding. Yeah, and then the technical part for me is is the gear, you know, like whether it be a new instrument or a new synthesizer or a drum machine or a new plug-in for my, you know, setup or whatever, all of that stuff will, I'll stumble into, you know, something that will create something, so... Cool. So you mean you know you talked about uh, being in a restaurant. So how did you get in the restaurant business? Um, 
I was a hairdresser for years um, for the majority of the beginning of my professional life. And that's how I met my band. And um, I worked next door to a restaurant called The Gypsy Den uh, in Orange County for many, many, many years. And I was playing music and so on and so forth. And I ended up buying our first PA in Orgy. I bought, bought it from the owners of the Gypsy Den. And I did their hair and all this kind of stuff. And um, I was, uh, you know, Orgy took off and, and our lives changed. And um, I had no interest in doing anything else. I accidentally did a clothing line. And our first order was 250,000 pieces. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it also, you know, shit gets real. And at the same time, we we're hanging out with a guy named Henry Nicholas, who, um, who very, very much encouraged my entrepreneurial mindset. And um, you know, he's a, he's a multi-billionaire, uh, uh, tech revolutionary, punk rock, you know, crazy, crazy smart guy. And he was a friend of all of ours. And he took a, took a special interest in me and he always told me that, you know, you're more than just a guitar player in orgy. You're more than, you know, you're not just someone who does drugs and like, doesn't, you, know, you can do more, you can do more. And he encouraged me. And so I, 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 I took deal, deals and, uh, you know, I did the, uh, I did the clothing brand and, and we, we actually made a lot of money like really, really quickly. And then I kind of got out and did orgy and, um, then kind of came back off of Orgy and we were home and, and Amir and I bought houses and kind of, you know, started becoming people like we bought homes and we had this kind of stuff. And, um, I was still close to the owners of the gypsy den restaurants. There was two of them. And I, you know, we kind of flirted with this idea of me purchasing them. And, um, and I kind of was like, no, no, no. And then I met my ex fiance who, who worked at the gypsy den. And then all of a sudden something in my mind clicks and I'm like, okay, I have a key person now and she's intelligent. So she could be like management and I could still do my, my music and all this kind of stuff. And I had the money and, but you know, in restaurants, the money can go like, like that I'm mean, right. gone. So, um, we ended up long story short, we did the deal. Um, it ended up working out really, really well. I made probably more money than I made in Orgy, and we did really well in Orgy. And then um, I really got cocky and thought that I knew what I was doing. And um, everyone in town thought that I knew what I was doing, that I was some sort of business guy. And um, I ended up putting together another deal called for Lola Gaspar with some mutual friends, um, some neighboring restaurant guys um, from Havana. And I asked Amir if he wanted to be part of it. And it was uh, probably pretty scary, but um, I'd done really, really, really well with Gypsy Den. I mean, we were killing it. We, we were crushing revenues that, you know, they had experienced before. Our profit was, was awesome. And, um, and I, was, I was still a novice. And, uh, but, I, but I realized I have a knack. I, had, I do have a bit of a knack for teams and for seeing a bigger vision and for seeing it, being able to visualize it and kind of know how to get the deal done. And, and, and that's just one of my skill sets. And, um, and so we did the deal and it turned out to be one of the best deals we, we've ever done. Great team, great partners, um, great deal for me and Amir. Um, 
And then by that point, I thought that I was God of reality. I was just like, fuck <laughs> anything I do. Let me just interject before you go farther, <clears throat> because at that time we, there was a transitional period. He, he was already involved with Gypsy Den, um, but we were already kind of seeing that the music business, you know, it was already, it was, know, in it, it was in flux. It was in a bad <laughs> flux at that point. Right. And we were also in a recession Yep. at this time. Yep. Right. So we were actually looking to get involved in something. He had already done the restaurant thing. I, I wasn't necessarily thinking we were going to be involved in a restaurant. We actually even looked at like an eyeglass store, believe it or not. Yeah, we almost bought some. Yeah. Um, which actually is not a bad business. No, no. FYI. No. <laughs> that, that place is still there. Yes. The one we thought about yeah, doing. Maybe we should have bought it. Yeah. Probably could have done both. Um, so... But the thing was, we were kind of looking at something because we, you know, we, we made a conscious can't talk right now decision um, at that moment that we knew that like, all right, one, we're not going to stop doing music. No, we're not going to like, no. you know, we know it's pretty bleak right now, mm-hmm. um, but what can we do to kind of maybe if we're lucky, give us some other, you know passive income kind of thing like could we could we get into you know he was doing the restaurant and obviously I was seeing that he was making some money from that and and it was allowing him to do things I've always been doing my producing DJing whatever you know stuff but even that became tricky because of all the budgets just you know I had to reinvent how I was going to do that again which I've finally done over the last few years um but we were trying to find something to get involved in and it wasn't necessarily a restaurant at first. It was actually, we were thinking it was retail, but then we saw this trend that was happening. Retail went down. Yeah. Retail. <laughs> we were seeing this trend that was happening and we were like, yeah, retail's probably not the thing. seems like it's restaurants. Yeah. You know, we actually saw that, yeah. which is kind of crazy yeah. um, that we both kind of realized that that was kind of this thing that was going to start happening. And so when he, met these guys, I knew the restaurant where the, where our partners came from. And it was a restaurant I've always loved. It was also very successful. And one of the most important things was it was Mexican food, which is like my favorite food. So I was like, all right, this, this looks interesting. And then they found, they found a location and it was during a recession. So everything was kind of cheap, but it was also not busy in the area. Right. Mm-hmm. So this, this was a huge gamble. Yep. Um, because there really wasn't anything like it in the area. But I had a restaurant right across, right, literally across the walkway. Oh, nice. So I there mean, was a little bit of safety in terms yeah. of like, hey, you know, if, if, if this doesn't work, I was like, I could rent this place as a storage unit. Well, we were <laughs> like, actually, it's so cheap. No, we were actually saying like, you know what, it's, it's such a good deal. This doesn't work. Maybe we'll just turn it into like our band storage rehearsal place yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah. Like it was that crazy. Like we're... We were, you know, we always try to think like worst case scenario and it was, it was great because it had a grandfathered in liquor license. And so I know for me, one of the things I was thinking is like, you know, people like to drink. If, if times are bad, people drink, if people are indifferent, they still drink. And if they're happy, people like to drink too. So (laughs) I was thinking like, yeah, you know, maybe even if it's just a bar, like even if the restaurant doesn't work, it's a small enough space that. It just kind of, it was one of those things where I felt like the cards were stacked well enough that it was worth the risk. But of course, just like anything else, it was not a sure thing. And here we are again, you know, 
basically doing something that's actually quite fucking risky. Yeah. But it but it worked. And we made uh, our money back in one year. Nice. Yeah. Un- so unheard of. I'll let him go from there now. But that's that's kind of <laughs> how we kind of came together on mm-hmm. it and the sort of the process that was also going on before I entered into the picture of actually being a part of a restaurant. Because yeah, now, now we're involved heavily in three other restaurants and potentially four. So um, it's kind of crazy. But there was a collapse before that. Um, uh, you know, the, the um, there was a point here where I had, you know, where I was, a hev- I was heavily involved in five different restaurant operations with 100 plus employees. And I hired um, a horrible, horrible uh, guy. Uh, for a power position at my 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 in, for my kingdom, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, and I learned a valuable lesson, and that is um, you, you know you got to work with great people, and uh, this guy brought me to my knees and killed you know a very large opportunity for Amir and I. Um, you know we, we both spent you know tens of thousands of dollars developing a, an, another very very large concept. And, um, I was crippled financially and, um, I'm still to this day, you know, recovering from it at the same time, we're still expanding. We just opened up 2145 and that's been a, a, an absolutely huge hit. Um, we've got another place in Santa Monica that's going to be opening in the next two or three weeks and next door to 2145 in Costa Mesa, we're going to be doing another concept there. And, um, I don't know. At this point, I guess um, I really, it's funny. I, I, I fucking know what the fuck I'm doing. I don't know why. Because I'm a lead singer of a rock band and I'm, fu- <laughs> I'm not a sane, level-headed well, human. Yeah, but here's the thing though. I mean, you know, a lot of people don't know that, yeah, we had like a massive failure too that didn't open. It never got to that point. And a lot of that whole disaster ended up uh, would be making infecting. me making me good. Well, no, it infected, <laughs> yeah, infected one of his restaurants, and and so he's had to have a lot of shit happen that has helped him learn a lot of things the hard way. But I mean, you know, in any business, most of the time, it's all your failures that are, you know, sure. you're yeah. going to learn yeah. how to be good at something by yeah. having a lot of bad shit happen. And, you know, we were really lucky with the, with at least the restaurant we did. And he was even real lucky with Gypsy Dad in the beginning. And I think, you know, in 2145, like yeah. really worked. I mean, it's, I mean, like, we've heard all these, you know, you hear all these horror stories and restaurants close in a year. All yeah. Kinds of, oh, yeah. I just, so thought, I just did like, my 25 year at Gypsy then Lola's did our 10 year yeah, and we nice. just, uh, we're, we're working on two years at 2145 yeah. and we've got two others opening, Yeah, which so, is, it, you know, the, the <laughs> You can, you know, there is some luck involved, but there's obviously some good card stacking from the beginning that made it work. But there has been a lot of unforeseen bad stuff that has happened that we've had to figure out how to get the fuck out of. And one of them was a restaurant that we almost did with a criminal. Oh, jeez. And yeah. Yeah. And it really was bad. It was really bad. And none of us saw it coming. None of our partners saw it coming. I mean, it was... You know, it's just shit happens, yep. you know? You, like real criminal. <laughs> yeah. Real. Like real life. Like, I'm a criminal. You know, like like the, you'd see on 
on um, American greed or something like yeah, that. Some it's bad like shit. Fucked happens. up shit. Some bad shit happened. Yeah, I guess we, it don't, we don't need to get into all that. Long, but too, I guess. It, it could have been worse. Um, it, it's better that it didn't happen. You know, think, of course, in hindsight, we're like, wow, you know, we wasted all this time, we lost some money, but we were like, holy shit, if this had opened up and then we found out. But unfortunately, that person ended up being in his employ. Yeah. So it, he ended up feeling I, the I, I took of it. him. I took him first to, to vet him. <laughs> and I, what, what, I, what I learned is my own weakness in that I didn't really know how to deal with a true emergency, like a, like a, like a, you know, death blow level emergency. And, um, I just thought, Hey, fuck, we make millions of dollars. This is fucking amazing. You know, I'm, I'm killer. And I put this new person in and in one month, the entire machine unravels and I'm like, Holy fuck, you know? Um, so now, now I have that experience level now, now I have that experience level after making millions doing what we're doing after selling all these albums, all this kind of shit. Um, you know, we know on the band side that, that one, that, that one bad apple can ruin the whole thing. Right? Yeah, right. And now I know on the business side, you know, it's, it's, it's completely, re, you know, restructured my brain and restructured. Well, it's the way like that having another band, you know, it's right. not, you know, we're, here we are thinking like, Oh, we're going to do like a smart thing and have these like businesses. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then all we did is like, now we've got like other bands to make. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. I told oh. Wolfie makes an appearance on the podcast. Now you have eight bands. You might want to pause. Yeah. Any door. It's okay. All right. Okay, some quick ones. Favorite superhero? Oh, boy. Um, you're asking a, a major comic book collector and huge sci-fi fan, both of us. Well, I'm, and, not, I'm yeah. not into comics. No, 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 but you're a huge sci-fi, sci-fi fan. Yeah, you yeah. know, fan. Uh, favorite superhero? Um, well, I can tell you it's not Superman. Um, it doesn't have to be a comic. It could be any kind of... It could be your mom. I mean, it could be anybody. You know? <laughs> oh, I get it. We're not that creative. Because um, yeah. my brain goes right <laughs> to... I have comic book characters tattooed on my arms. You know, yeah. so it's just like... Um, my favorite superhero. Um, <laughs> um, boy, this is tough. We'll come back. What's your favorite car? Tesla. If I had like, if someone said to me, oh, we'll give you a $300,000 Lamborghini or a Tesla, most people would say, well, I'll take the Lamborghini and just sell it. Oh, fuck, yeah, right? I but but oh, yeah, if yeah. you couldn't sell it, right. I wouldn't take it. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd take a Tesla any day. There's a new nice uh, Model X. There's a yeah, new cool, electric yeah. Jeep hmm. that is. I, I just see it on Instagram and I like it and everything. It is ridiculous. I don't know the name of it, but it's fucking techy. The interior is insane. Nice. There's literally. Yeah, I'm all about tech too. Yeah. So. <laughs> there's literally like a, a table in between the two front seats and the back. It's like it's almost like a little bedroom. In a Jeep chassis, but but boxy, but modern as you know, as shit, without looking like a sneaker. <laughs> you know how every car right now looks like a fucking basketball shoe. All right. You know every car looks like that. You know this looks like um, 
it's it's fucking cool. It's rustic and cool, but modern. So I don't know what the name of it is, though, but you can find it. I, w- I would say I'm going to go back to the superhero thing, and this may sound super cheesy and weird, but I almost think it's Chester, honestly, because I, I feel... Good one. I feel like, you know, of course what happened is terrible, and it's an awful precedent for everyone, you know, involved, the family and everything else, but I feel like, you know, he somehow managed to live with that and live as long as he did, although he was extremely tortured more than any of us ever knew, right? But somehow he survived, even though he had everything, right? But at the same time, somehow he managed to live as long as he did with all of that, you know? And I don't know, you know, like that's that's pretty... I don't know how anybody could do that, yeah. honestly. You know, I, I agree with him. It's shitty. One million percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know why I thought that, but it was just like, that was the first thing that just kind of, I'm looking at him right there and I'm thinking, how did you, how did you live even as long as you did when this was going on for so long? And, you know, it's like, that's just, that's like, I don't know. I, I tell people that, that, I boiled it down a little bit because at his eulogy, I kind of sussed out kind of explaining to everyone what happened, you know, in in, in a couple pages, but I boiled it down a little bit more. Chester didn't want to die. He didn't know how to live any longer. Yeah, that's what I think too. He he didn't want to die. He just didn't know how to live. But he did, but he did fight. Yeah, he fought. Really, really hard for a long time and it's like, I think a lot of it I'm, you know, stupidly understanding so much more. And, you know, even just going back and listening to all the music that we did together, mm-hmm. you know, and I know why he came to us because we are kind of dark. We both have demons and, you know, we're, we write dark music and we do, you know, it's, it's dark, you know, and I think that obviously that's why he gravitated towards us because was something he felt comfortable with sharing with us and being letting us be a part of it. And, you know, when you listen to the words and everything and it's, it's all right there, it's just so plain. And for us, it was like, well, we thought, oh, well, this is good for him because he's, he's venting these demons that he's had that, you know, we probably didn't I think it was. I think it was actually. No, I do. I I I feel more alone every day, just so far away. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? I mean, when you read all the lyrics. He's nailing it. Yeah. It's right there, you know, and it's just like, I think at the time we did, we felt like, wow, we're, I'm helping him get rid of this thing that he's had for so long, you know, stupidly thinking like, well, maybe this, you know, is some sort of a cure for him. And I'm sure it was like Ryan said in some ways, but it never really got to where I'm sure he wanted it to get. And a lot of that was unfair, um, and how that happened. But, you know, it's, it, you just, it's so apparent how hard, how much of it was there and how he was fighting it all these years. Um, and that must, I can't even imagine what that would have been like. Yeah, the, the hindsight is tragic. Yeah. It's just, I can't imagine how you could go through every day. And, and that's why, you know, that's why he was so able, he, he connected with so many people through Lincoln Park. Because 
all the things that he was saying and that he was screaming, people connected with because it was real. It was real for him. It was a relief, probably. Yeah, yeah. and 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 people, it it just it's just this unconscious connection that he was able to have with millions of people because of that thing that was tearing him apart inside, right? Mm-hmm. That no one really knew. I'm sure, you know, the band, everybody who's close to him knew. I mean, we knew more and more as we got into it more with him, obviously being in a band and um, was more beyond just being friends, right? Because now we were really, you know, digging in deep and now we're married. Yeah, and creating the music and, 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 and him spilling his guts, right? So it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty tough, you know, and I, I feel like for him to have done what he did for so long, you know, it's like, wow, he really kind of was some, some sort of a superhero to survive with that demon inside just tearing him apart, you know, and eventually it got the best of him, unfortunately. But that's part of what also made him so great, and that's mm-hmm. that's so sad. But right. you know, most artists, you know, every all of us have tortures. You know, some obviously worse than others, and sometimes it's the worst ones that are, that burn, they burn so quickly and so bright, right? And that's why we've seen all so many of these guys they've disappeared over the years. That you know, who would have thought how many of these guys would have this would have happened? You know, no, I don't think any of us would have thought that. It's crazy. How many people are gone? Yeah, from that era, you know. But it's it just proves it's never really been that much different, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's always these artists. There, the, you know, some of the greatest ones are just insanely tortured people. Also proves that money does. <laughs> Money's no. not everything. So money no, doesn't. No, he had everything. Yeah. He had everything he wanted. I mean, he wanted it. He always talked about having a big family. He had a a huge oh. family. Oh. That was the thing that was like... He was in, into his family. Yeah, he was. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. But, loved them to death. I mean, just, just, yeah. So I wonder how much this is going to help other people because of such a big name. That's going to help other people. I think it works both ways because... Yeah. I, I think, think it justifies one. it for a lot of people. So they, they yeah. you know, because there's definitely a, a, it's happening in a, in a cluster. Yeah. Well, like it's, a, a lot it's of an epidemic things. now. Yeah. Yeah. Suicide, you know, it's like a, a total epidemic, which is terrifying and it's horrible, you know. Which is why we're going to Milan to go raise money for suicide awareness and uh, help people in Italy and yeah. do this stuff in the name of our of our of our fallen. And I, and I wasn't trying to make the end of this like be, you know, something. Sure, no. You know, dark. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just whatever's on your mind, it's all that matters. Yeah. I have to kind of go with sure. what I feel. You know, sure. we are, we're just grateful that we had him for as long as we did. You know, yeah, for sure. And, and at this point now, we just you know want to honor the things that we did with him and in in the most honorable way, whatever that is. And um, we're I'm sure super keep going. will do it. Yeah. Well, very good. I know this has been kind of long, but thank you very much for all your time. And good luck thank on you. the yeah, thank tour. You. Thank you for everything you've done. You're amazing. Yeah, you inspire us you're, with your you're, work. Uh, wow. You're a perfect example of one of our greatest friends, you know, as far as, like, you and everyone that has helped us be able to continue doing this and 
um, and it's working. And sure. people are noticing now. So everybody's contributions and help and time and energy and creative input, all of it is, is actually making a difference. Not only for us, but for other people who are seeing sure. how this is working and um, it's a positive thing. So... Most of the phrase takes a village to raise a... <laughs> yeah. yeah. So thank you, Dale. <laughs> thank you for uh, coming into our lives and making it a better place and inspiring us with wonderful yeah, photography, photography and products that make us feel like what we're doing matters and it's really You're really cool amazing photographer and been a great friend so thank you and, and thank you very much to any fan that made it to one hour 44 minutes yeah we love you <laughs> we love you you guys by now are probably all asleep <laughs> well thanks a lot yeah see ya song breakfast in berlin off their album we're here with you the band is currently on tour with jonathan davis the birthday massacre and ghost feeder so check them out if you can thanks again to ryan and amir for making the time to sit down with me it was much appreciated the guys talked a little bit about the uh, julian k campaign on indiegogo for their upcoming album harmonic disruptor if you can they would love your support and i'm sure you wouldn't be one wouldn't mind being one of the first ones to get their new album when it comes out my favorite perk on the campaign is a photo tour book that I created from several of the shows from their 2017 tour. I'm honored that they are offering that book for you guys. That's all I have for you guys today. Be sure to visit my website, dreamviewslive.com, for any suggestions and comments. 
And don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. Cheers.